This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. have many clients who are visionaries. And some of those visionary clients are executives who are not necessarily the president, the CEO, or the business owner. And for a population of those executives who are not presidents and CEOs, they're in conservative organizations or perhaps more pedantic sort of organizations that may not like new things too often. Of course, that's very challenging if you're a visionary because you're always seeing new things on the horizon. So in those situations, my visionary clients find that influence is really a challenge. So I've got five things I want you to think about. If you find that you are that visionary at work, And people just don't seem to hear you or to listen or to see what you see. So number one, remember, you are the visionary. Others are not. This means that being visionary is your superpower. What's easy and what's obvious to you and for you is often hidden and veiled to other people. They don't see what you see because they don't have that same x-ray vision. So stop expecting them to see it. You are the one with x-ray vision. This point is very important about remembering that you are the visionary and that it's your superpower. A lot of frustrations can actually be avoided by remembering that what's easy for you is not necessarily easy for others. Number two, when you are sharing what you do see on the horizon as the visionary, and when you are sharing a direction that you think would be helpful or useful for the organization to go in, remember to show the evidence Bring the evidence so others can go along on the journey with you. Although you don't need the binoculars, they do. So bring the binoculars so they can look through them and see what you can see with the naked eye. Number three, empower other influencers and early adopters in the organization. People who may be less myopic, than perhaps even the senior most leaders in the organization. Yet there are other executives and there are other people who are placed in key roles. Empower them to see what you see so that you're building now a coalition of other influencers and early adopters. Then number four, what you want to do is set the ball up for those other influencers and let them carry the message. Sometimes 
those other people may speak the language of the president and CEO better than you do. Most visionaries that I know get so frustrated because people don't see what they see and don't hear the message. They then become very emotional and the message gets lost in those emotions. And when the message gets lost, the people who are kind of blind to the vision, they're even less likely to see it. So imagine yourself as a volleyball player and you're a great volleyball player, yet you don't hit all the balls over the net yourself. There are times you set that ball up for the next person or another person. Think about building capacity throughout your team of influencers so that you don't have to put every ball over the net. And number five, don't get mad when your organization finally gets what you are talking about. Maybe it's 10 years later. Maybe you've lost some ground financially in the organization. Maybe you've lost a marketing opportunity. Maybe a whole bunch of things have happened because they didn't listen earlier. And of course, as the visionary, you're sitting there thinking, oh, if only you had paid attention. I told you this was coming. Instead, when they finally get it and when they finally see it, here's what you can do. Celebrate and then move into action. Remember, this is your day, the day you've been waiting for. You saw it first because you're a visionary and they are now listening. Take action more than sit on the train tracks in resentment. They need you now more than ever because you're still more visionary and you still see more about the next steps than they probably do. And on the days when you're feeling maybe discouraged about this role, I want you to remember the prophet Jeremiah in the Bible. Jeremiah was referred to as the weeping prophet. He was the weeping prophet because he was always carrying bad news. He was carrying bad news to Judah. He was warning the people for years to repent of all the wrongdoing they were doing in the land, or God was going to bring judgment on the people. And it didn't matter how often Jeremiah preached the message, how eloquently he preached the message, or what object lessons he used, the people would not listen to him. He even reminded them of what happened to the tribes of Israel earlier when they were taken off into captivity by the Assyrians. However, they still didn't listen. They had false prophets who said, oh, those bad things aren't going to happen. Why is Jeremiah always against us and bringing bad news? The people were swayed by the false prophets. They rebelled against what Jeremiah said. And in fact, They wanted to kill Jeremiah. And sometimes you might feel like that in the organization, that when you're bringing that visionary perspective, people just want to stop you. They want you to shut up. They don't get it. And it feels like they want to kill you and your message. However, Jeremiah realized he still had to keep speaking the message, no matter the consequences. 
And sometimes he was imprisoned for speaking that message. Sometimes he was put in a dungeon for speaking that message. And yet he had to speak it anyway. And ultimately, the people refused to listen to the point that the Babylonians really did come and take them into captivity. A remnant was left in Jerusalem. Jeremiah was with them. And they asked Jeremiah, what should we do? He sought God on their behalf. And God said, don't go down to Egypt. Don't think you're going to be safe in Egypt. Stay here and I will take care of you in this location. But again, the people wouldn't listen. They went down to Egypt. And as God had prophesied, they were killed in Egypt because that's not where they were supposed to be at the time. Now, earlier in Jeremiah's ministry, God had a little talk with him to encourage him. And he said to him, if you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? If in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? That's Jeremiah 12 and 5. Wow, think about that. If you have a hard time during the easy times, then what are you going to do when the heat is really turned up? So just remember, when you're a visionary, similar to Jeremiah, everybody won't get it, everybody won't listen, everybody won't act or respond at the right time. And yet, your message is important because somebody at some point is likely to hear it and implement it. And you will be the person of the hour for a time such as this. So don't get weary in your well-doing as a visionary. Your superpower is needed in the workplace, even if people act as though it is not. So be encouraged and continue to talk about the vision. Did you know that teams do the bulk of the work in successful organizations? And for this reason, it's very important to build and develop your teams. And first, you might want to know where you are in the process. So I invite you to take the complimentary team assessment to identify your current strengths and also your learning opportunities in launching and developing high-performance teams that get dynamic organizational results. So go to my website, www.transleadership.com, and you'll see on the homepage, there's a brown bar that says, take the high-performance team assessment. You'll find it just under the running photographs. Click there and get your results. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, 
transleadership.com for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.